Okay folks, Early Bird Smith here and um, let me tell you something, to this day, today, I will never understand why on earth a born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, Christian man of God, or a woman for that matter, would turn around and start to physically beat up, mentally abuse or verbally abuse with some violence attached against their own wife or husband. I'm only just starting. For this podcast, I will be looking at domestic violence and domestic abuse in the Christian home, part one. There will be a part two and a part three, probably a part four at a later day. Just watch this space, yeah? Yeah, that's what I said. And just in case you didn't hear me the first time around, for those listening at the back, I will be looking closely at domestic violence and domestic abuse in the Christian home. Part one. This is the sin that some Christian men dare to do and get away with time and time and time again that no one else wants to talk about. This is one of those sins where the Christian church will publicly condone domestic violence and domestic abuse against women. But privately, they are still failing to sufficiently address it while both enabling it and continuing to conceal it at the same time. As far as I'm concerned, this is very much like pedophile priests still residing within the Catholic Church. People know who they are and what they're getting up to but are prepared to ignore it. Here it is. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. John Stuart Miller, 1867. Too many Church of God Christian husbands <clears throat> to even consider of verbally abusing their soulmate or beating their wives into a bloody pulp during the week so that the bruises can heal up somewhat by the weekend. That's right. And still expect to somehow walk right into the kingdom of heaven when Jesus returns for his sins. Why is that, I wonder? Whether the abusive individual in question is frequently drunk as a skunk or as sober as a judge while committing such senseless acts, Domestic violence and domestic abuse in the home is still relatively domestic violence and domestic abuse in the home. There's no other name for it. Hiding behind alcohol, other substances or the family genes because daddy used to do it. Or hiding behind Jesus Christ does or should not altogether excuse the fact that what is taking place in a Christian home somewhere around the world where a poor 
helpless Christian wife is being kicked and beaten and struck repeatedly to a bloody mess by a supposedly Christian husband is so wrong and will never be right. The only thing still keeping that wife alive is the saving grace of God. <clears throat> However, right? There's something I feel which needs to be touched on. I'm going to digress a bit from domestic violence and domestic abuse because I want to look at something else. I'm going to be looking at an aspect of domestic violence and domestic abuse which is turning many family homes and relationships upside down with its non-violent but just as abusively soul-destroying means and that is coercive control. But what is coercive control when it is at home? Coercive control or extremely aggressive bullying is an illegal pattern of human behavior, <clears throat> namely under section 76 of the Serious Crime Act 215, which, prov which provides for the offense of controlling or coercive behavior where the abusive instigator and the abused victim are personally connected. The thing about coercive control is that you don't have to beat the abused victim. You don't have to pick up a stick or a knife or whatever to beat them. It's the way you talk. It's the way you talk to them. It's the way you control them. It's the way you manipulate the situation as the abuser. Anyway. <coughs> Coercive control is an illegal use of human behavior that can include stalking, harassment, assault, threats, humiliation, or bullying with the objective to harm, punish, or frighten someone else. Such controlling behavior is designed and created to make a person dependent on the abuser by isolating them from any outside support exploiting them depriving them of any independence whatsoever before going on to seriously regulate and subjugate their everyday living life those who are experiencing coercive control at this very moment in time will often feel one isolated from family and friends and even the next door neighbors two like a prisoner in your own home three deprived of the basic needs such as food and water four deprived of any access to the public support services even medical services five that your time at home or even at work is being monitored under close close scrutiny if the abuser rings you up at work 40 to 50 times within several hours, that is not love. It is harassment of the worst kind and it can lead to stalking at a later date just to see where you are. Six, your time spent on your own mobile phone is closely monitored to the point where every 
time you pick it up to use it, they need to know why and what for, who you speaking to and when to use it. Seven, that you are being secretly monitored via online communication tools, bugging devices, or spying software. Oh, yes. For all you know, it could be watching you right now. Eight, that you are being physically and mentally coercively controlled in everyday life with your movements dictated by another person. This includes when to wake up, where you can go, what to cook, when to go to the toilets, what to switch on, what to watch on TV, when to bed, who you can see or talk to, what to eat, what to wear, and when to go to sleep. Nine, <clears throat> repeatedly put you down with insults and slurs leading to to the abuser, self-harming, having suicidal thoughts or feelings of absolute worthlessness. 10. Humiliated, de- 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 degraded or dehumanized every step of the way. I'm still here. 11. Threatened or feel intimidated just by looks alone. 12. Insulted, especially with the non-stop verbally abusive name-calling and personal insults designed to keep you in your place. 13. That your personal finances and wages are being controlled. 14. That they are always putting you down for something for no reason whatsoever. Every god thing you do, they find fault with it. As of... As of 2015, it is a criminal offence to subject someone or anyone to coercive control. Sadly and unfortunately, coercive control is being experienced or forced upon by countless Church of God Christian women or women in general via a controlling marriage or partnership at the hands of an abusive partner or husband. Once again, let me stress folks, there is some degree of domestic violence and domestic abuse in the Christian home. And yes, we can pray about it, but we also have to try to do something about it. Don't you think? The early subtle stages of future abusive future abuse and violence in the home from day one are look at this one the way they are forcefully controlling seems so polite and sexy at first before things turn nasty now the abuser is not going to just come and see him and start rough up things it's going to be nice and you're going to as the abused person the victim you're going to feel flattered to know that this guy is so caring you know but sooner or later the signs will begin to show two one minute the potential abuser is the nicest person on earth but in the twinkling of an eye they are the personification of pure evil three a simple statement or verbal argument can and will turn into something physical Four, they lose their temper very quickly. Five, they are very quick to blame you 
or embarrass you at every given opportunity. Six, they always have to be right, no matter the situation in question. Seven, just by looking at you a certain way signals threatening behavior and future violent abuses on his way. Are you still with me? Good, because I don't done yet. When it comes to coercive control and the bonds of Christian marriage, the MO for domestic violence and domestic abuse in the Christian home behind closed doors and closed curtains is just the same as in secular circumstances, if not worse. Furthermore, the clever abuser, yeah, that's what he is, he clever, does not need <coughs> to make any kind of physical contact with the abused victim to be abusive. In many cases, the abuser can still be just as violently abusive without laying a single finger or hand on the abused victim. For instance, one, an aggressive presence around the abused victim is just as bad. Two, stalking the abused victim around the home from room to room is another plus. Three, unwarranted phone calls, texts, emails and WhatsApp 24-7 just as bad. Four, controlling <coughs> sorry, keep on coughing. Four, verbal controlling abuse. They don't have to beat you or kick you or anything. They just verbally say something and the abused victim will do it. Because if they don't, there will be a reprisals. Five, verbal manipulation. It's a form of abuse. Here, the abused victim does everything and anything they are told to do. Once again, if they don't do it, they will have to accept some kind of punishment. Six, smashing and breaking things in front of the abused victim is a form of abuse. Seven, Throwing things hard across the room is a form of abuse. 8. Deliberately destroying things of any sentimental value is a form of abuse. 9. Kicking the cat or dog is a form of, of um, excuse. Even flushing the goldfish down the toilet is a form of excuse. 10. Putting a fist through the bathroom wall is equal as abusive in the content. Remember, they don't touch you. But the fist goes into the wall, fist goes into the pillar, fist goes into anything. But it don't touch you, you know. But the intent is there. 11. Threats with a kitchen knife is just asking for trouble. Anytime the abuser <coughs> waves a knife, a shoes, a wooden spoon, a kitchen spatula, a feather, or anything in front of your, the abused victim's face. He's got to use it sooner or later. 12. Frequently slamming doors is a form of abuse. Once again, folks, whatever is done in front of the abused victim is an abuse. 12 excessive swearing and the use of 
of aggressive expletives to get your intentions across in the form of abuse. 14. Comparing you to ex-girlfriends is a form of abuse. There's nothing worse than being told why can't you be like her? Why can't she used to do this? She used to do that. Especially when you hear it every single day. 15. Comparing you to other people is a form of abuse. Why can't you be more like your sister? Eh? Look at her. Why can't you be like more like your, your father, your mother, whatever? Look at John, so on and so on. 16. Openly ridiculing your size or weight is a form of abuse. 17. A deliberately raised voice and shouting is a form of abuse. 18. Insulting you under their breath as they walk past you is a form of abuse. Jeering and laughing at you for no particular reason is a form of abuse. Criticizing everything you say or do is a form of abuse. The late great actor Sean Connery, aka possibly the greatest James Bond 007 ever, in my opinion, once stated, and I quote, because I don't want nobody to say Earl say, right? Good. I quote, I don't think there is anything particularly wrong about hitting a woman, although I don't recommend doing it in the same way that you, you you would hit a man an open handed slap is justified if all other alternatives fail right unquote and that was from the playboy magazine 1965 at the time i was only three years old anyway so further sean was interviewed by an american tv program the barbara walters show where his own words were from back at him by Miss Walters. And he bluntly replied, once again, his early bird didn't say this. I quote, I haven't changed my opinion. Sean goes on to say, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's that bad. I think it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. It prompted Miss Walters to ask him what would merit it, to which Sean calmly re- returned, If you have tried everything else, and women are particularly good at this, they can't leave it alone. They want to have the last word, and you give them the last word. But they're not happy with the last word. They want to say again and get into a really provocative situation then I think it absolutely right yeah you have to wonder sometimes if you see right what Sean is saying here a lot of men are thinking it you know because you're having an argument with your wife you know and she just won't shut up you know, she always has to have more than the last word. And strange to say, although Sean is just thinking about it, a lot of men agree with him, you know. However, according to Godly 
common sense. You know, this, um, I don't want to take this out of context. And apologies if this sounds like I'm getting across the wrong way. But sometimes you have to take it. Sometimes you got to take one for the team, you know? According to godly common sense, as God says in 1 Timothy 4, 6, let your speech be with always, let your speech be always graceful, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Right? So before the before flying off the handle, right? To retaliate. Think about what they say before you say anything. Going further. Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath. Grievous words stir up anger. He says something to you, you say something to him. He says something to you, you say something to him, you get a slap. Right? Going further still. Matthew 5, 37. But let your communication be yea, yea. Nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these come of evil. This is not me talking, this is God talking here. And what God is more than saying, sometimes you just have to say yes, sometimes you just have to say no. Because if you say any, anything else, you say any more, bad is going to come out of it. I can understand what Sean is trying to say. You know? James. <coughs> James 5.12 Again But let your yea be yea And your nay be nay Lest you fall into condemnation This is for everybody in a relationship Marriage or paternal or whatever Right? Civil whatever If you're in an argument Yeah okay alright Yes Let your yea be yea Let your nay be nay because I can guarantee you that if you take the argument five minutes longer, things are going to be said that will be regretted and somebody will get hurt mentally, but also physically. You know? Sometimes in order to avoid abusive and violent provocation, the abused in question may have to put up and shut up in silence just like Jesus Christ did when confronted by his accusers in John 8 verse 6 go back to, to your Bible and go read that right open your eyes spiritually and see exactly how Jesus reacted to these people Many Christian wives are suffering domestic abuse and violence in absolute silence and shame in their own homes behind closed doors because the Anglican, New T, Kojik, Kojap, Ruach, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecost, Elim Pentecost, Redeemed Church of God, Church of England, Roman Catholic, Presbyterian, United Reformed Church, KICC, the Evangelic, Angelical Church, Catholic, Husband, 
the so-called head of the house takes it upon himself to beat them spit upon them bite them or even piss on them yes piss on them in utter spite and contempt <coughs> there is nothing worse than seeing a Christian husband standing over his frightened towering wife she begging for mercy begging for her very life while he gives her a vicious damn good beating you wouldn't give to a dog under any circumstances This is Early Bird Smith on anchor.fm forward slash Early Bird hyphen Smith looking at domestic violence and domestic abuse in the Christian home part one. Believe it or not, similar to what is going on in the world of sinful society all around us today, even now in 2022 domestic violence and domestic abuse is plaguing a degree of Christian homes like the common cold or the silent COVID-19 virus and is equally being swept under the proverbial carpet by people based in higher ministerial authority who could do something about it if they wanted to but don't know what the hell to do owing to a fundamental lack of wisdom and understanding. I don't want to be controversial here, but sometimes prayer is not enough. Under such violent circumstances, prayer is not enough. When that wife is getting beaten into the ground, when the man is kicking her, doing all sort of things you wouldn't do to an animal. A simple private meeting with the perpetrator in the pastor's office or Wednesday evening marriage guidance counseling meetings only makes things additionally worse for the abused person when they get home and behind closed doors. Because if they say anything and him not like when he here, once he get home, you know what. Yeah, the police and the courts of law have their, they have their limited powers. And it's only now that domestic violence and domestic abuse is being recognized. You know? But for some abuse victims, it's too late. The horse already gone. The stable door shut. Okay, here now, right? Things are only made worse than ever if the perpetrator doing the acts of weakly indifferent violence and abuse is a close friend, close family friend or church member who is well liked and loved by everyone. A major role in the church normally hides what they really get up to during the week for a fact. Fellow Christian believers find it very hard to believe let alone understand that the wife is being violently abused physically, verbally or mentally because usually brother John and sister Jane are one of the most nicest people you'll ever meet on this earth so polite, kind of well-mannered in public funny and approachable the best Christian and Christian worshipper ever but deep down 
all they really have to offer is a visual form of spiritually demonic godliness that constantly denies the Holy Spirit or anyone else for that matter any any room for change or maneuver in a relationship with, which is in favor of demonic violence and ritualistic satanic abuse yeah that's true tell me something folks why is he always the quiet ones whatever the race culture or color of the skin christian women and the minority of suffering christian men yeah men as well and i'll be touching that sooner or later after run the weekly and gauntlet every single week when living with a violent Jekyll and Hyde Christian husband or wife look who is loving and kind on the surface for all see and hear in church at work or in public but deep down once it finally reveals itself it's too intention from behind the secrecy of closed doors and shut up windows they are controlling and verbally violent and abusive to the max did you know that it is still tradition in some backyard countries 2022 for the man to be his wife to keep her in order and subjection and for some husbands subjections really means keeping that troublesome woman under every man as through physical violence and verbal abuse sad to know that in many cultures around the world domestic violence and domestic abuse are compulsory undertakings a sort of rites of passage at an early age for young men to undertake in order to be seen as a mature man in fact let us have a little history lesson here about wife beating in 753 bc during the reign of romulus wife beating was accepted as the law of chastisement and it gave the husband the absolute right to physically discipline his wife with a damn good beating oh, fancy that in the middle ages i'm talking about uk you know in the middle ages in the uk from what the 5th to 15th century and that's a long time noblemen beat their wives as often as they beat their servants and the dogs in the georgian era 1714 to 1837 a husband was legally by court of law entitled to strike his wife in order to quote correct her so long as it was done in moderation in 18th century England again where else the existing laws sanctioned wife beating 
with good support from the church to the extent where wife beating was extremely common and was only and was only frowned upon if it was brutal or excessive in fact it was every man's right to be his wife as long as he didn't kill the wife or damage the wife too badly then everything was all right yeah in the 18th or 19th century in England the courts were very supportive with wife beating so if you had a problem way way back if you had a problem with your wife and she was getting on your nerves by law you could beat the Jesus out of her who cares you beat her as long as you didn't kill her mind yeah in one court case John Francis Buller a judge ruled that a husband could beat his wife with a stick but it must not be bigger than a thumb the acceptance by the court for the size of the stick to be a wife led to what is called now the rule of thumb law the sentences imposed on most abusive men were small fines or bound over to keep the peace so men got away with it even then right however lawmakers in england responded in 1853 with the passage of the aggravated assault act which provided for greater penalty for those who beat up women or their wives you see folks this is why it is so hard to totally eradicate domestic violence and domestic abuse from the family home altogether because of such old time written and on written laws and bylaws I'll be right back after the short break Okay folks, this is Early Bird Smith podcasting to you on anchor.fm forward slash early bird hyphen smith. If you want to follow follow me in this extended episode, I am looking at domestic violence and domestic abuse in the Christian home, part one. There will be a part two and a part three to follow. God knows I might even do a part four, yeah? you never know but in the meantime let me ask a couple of questions let me throw out a couple of questions here right see if you can answer them if you can't well it doesn't matter at least you've got the question to think about one why does a christian husband find it so necessary to take his fists his feet or a weapon and then begin to beat up or repeatedly strike his wife Two, what drives a Christian husband to become so brutal and abusive? Have they no shame? Three, why are some Christian men so quick to batter and beat their wife every chance they get? 
Four, why is wife beating <coughs> so important or crucial to some Christian husbands? Once again, it is too hard to imagine that the violent and abusive person standing over you is the same person who told you in front of God and that crowded church. I do with such love and pride. To begin with, the marriage is perfect. The wedding day and the reception afterward was a day never to be forgotten. The honeymoon was something else. Mm-hmm. Love is in the air everywhere you look around. Love is in the air every sight and every sound. In public, the both of you look and act like a pair of infatuated lovebirds. They can't keep your hands off each other. Such is the power of your love. You cut the last dumpling in half and share it. One heats the meat and the other one sucks out the marrow out of the last piece of chicken bone. The even finish each other's sentence. The both of you are like two dizzy, touchy, feely, feely, touchy teenagers in love all over again. You lovingly feed each other mouthfuls of food, eat from one another plate, drink from the same one mug or cup, sleep on one part of the bed. The two of you are so lovely, Dovey, that you have special pet names for each other, like sweets, baby cakes, honey, honey pie, darling, cutie pie, sweetie pie, boo boo, snickums, babes, honey bunch, sugar plum. And then one day, those Nicknames turn into him, her, that woman, that man, bitch, you know? So what was a dream becomes a nightmare. Then one day, one day out of the blue, just like that, that same love that you had for each other, that same love that was going to last till the end of time or until Jesus Christ come back quickly changes to hate, spite and malice, spousal domination and do as I say or else. You hear me? Don't let me have to repeat myself or don't let me have to tell you again. And so the reign of terror begins when one half of the marital relationship decides to take forceful control, i.e. this is where coercive control comes in, you know, over the marriage, and before you know it, everything is total chaos. It, it becomes a one-sided marriage, you know, where the husband controls everything and where the wife is forced to do whatever she is told. Even more shocking, but not so surprising if you are a child of God, is that Christian wife beaters 
will automatically refer to the Holy Bible or God the reference and Holy Spirit inspiration in order to fully support their acts of selfish violent abuse with biblical verses such as Ephesians 5 22-24 Wives submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body therefore as, as the church is subject unto Christ so let the wives be to their husband in everything however while you're beating the hell out of your own wife because of these verses nobody no one mentions Ephesians 5:25 husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it further still no one mentions Ephesians 5:28 and 29 so are men to love their wives as their own bodies he that loveth his wife loveth himself for no man ever yet ate in his own flesh but nourisheth and cherisheth it as the uh, the church nobody mentions Colossians 3 13 when they're beating the hell out of their wife you know or whatever wives submit yourselves out no tell a lie when a man is beating his wife, when a Christian husband is beating his wife, he's giving her a good idea. Colossians 3 is one of the best verses that he will run to, apart from Ephesians. This is Colossians 3, 18 is one of the best that he will run to, to um, give himself back in, you know, while he's beating her, kicking her, calling her kind of names, pissing on her, whatever right wives submit yourselves unto your own husband as it is fit in the lord however while all that time is spent on colossians 3 18 beating the wife you know putting her in bed for a couple of days no one mentioned colossians 3 19 you know they turn a blind eye, they look right over it, right? 319, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. 2 Timothy 2, 11-14, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, not usurp authority over the man but to be in silence. For Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. I will leave you to figure that out yourself. First Peter 3, 1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives now you see yes once again 
we're looking at all these crucial biblical verses but if you're going to read this read the whole chapter get full context of what the man's trying to say no one mentions first peter 3 verse 7 likewise the husbands dwell with them according to knowledge giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel In many places in the Christian Bible, women have been put under the authority of men. Subsequently, roll forward several thousand years and Christian wives in the 20th century, it seems, are still expected to keep quiet and endure domestic violence and domestic abuse in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit by submitting and subjecting themselves to their own husbands. Now you get a clearer understanding of why some Christian wives get a good sound beaten, vicious verbal abuse or a good slap in the mouth to shut them up. And all because it appears as if the written word of God is somehow telling some Christian husbands who have clearly misinterpreted his meanings to give their own wife a damn good idea in accordance to God's holy word because they deserve it. Praise the Lord. End of part one. You'll hear more from me in part two. This is Early Bird Smith signing off. Peace.